Hi everyone, it's your host Liz and welcome back to the podcast. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I'm excited for today's episode with Alexandra Dieck, aka Lexicon of Style. You may have seen her on your Instagram serving your realness with her body positivity images and incredible style. We were talking about our fashion experiences and living in New York City in your 20s. This is Realistically with Liz. Alexandra, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you all so much for having me. I'm really excited to have you on today's episode. We have so many things to talk about. Your blog, living in New York City, fashion, beauty. I would love it for you to start by sharing with us where you grew up and when you knew you wanted to move to New York City. Absolutely. I mean, again, thanks so much for having me. I always love talking to people about this whole journey because I feel like there's so many different stories for everyone that ends up in New York. But basically, I'm from Austin, Texas, born and raised, went to college there at the University of Texas. And I grew up in a Latin Latina home. My parents are from Mexico and my dad is actually half Palestinian. So I've always had a very Hispanic influence on my life, grew up speaking Spanish, um, and really never I'd always dreamed about moving to like a big city because at the time Austin was a little bit more small town feel more so than what it is now. Um, So grew up there and then went to the university of Texas, studied fashion design and business. And it was kind of during college that I realized that I really wanted to move to a bigger city. And I visited both California and New York And I mean, it's so hard not to fall in love with this crazy big city that I just realized it was time for me to pick up my stuff after I graduated and buy a one-way ticket to New York City. I love getting everyone's, you know, opinions and, and experiences because for me, I moved to New York for college. So I kind of got immersed in New York, like right away when I was like 18 and like super young and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to college here. I'm going to FIT. Like it was just really different, you know, from also growing up in Puerto Rico and also having the same, you know, kind of like, you know, Latin background, like speaking Spanish at home and, you know, growing up with the same like group of kids, at least for me that I always tell a story that like I grew up with the same group of kids, like my graduating high school class was like 45 people. So it was very much a different story once I came to New York. No, I know. I feel the same way. Like when you kind of grow up in those like smaller towns, I've known the same. I'm still best friends with them. Like they still all live in Austin. I'm still best friends with half the people that I've known since I was like 14 or something crazy, even younger than that. Um, but you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And I like love that you came here at 18. I think, you know, at that point in my life, I like definitely wanted to go to FIT, but I just, I couldn't make that step until after college and I just have never been happier. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I never felt like my story was going to like continue in Puerto Rico. Like after high school, I felt really like, you know, there's so much more out there. You know, I had visited New York, like maybe once or twice, like nothing major. Like I didn't have friends here, but I was like, okay, what can I do? Like, how can I challenge myself? And, you know, my decision was also to like kind of hit that big city moment. And I was in between New York and Miami, for instance. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
yeah, for me, once I went to Miami, it felt very similar still. It didn't feel like completely, like it wasn't a stretch for me to, to go there. Like it was like, oh, um, you know, it, it felt just like very similar, just like the habits, even like how I would, you know, get around, like, and I was like, I really want to do something like, you know, off the map. And I was like one of five kids that all that like from my high school, like decided to, to move um, mm-hmm. for college. Cause a lot of people like, you know, how, which is, this is nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Like if you don't move away, like if you go to like what people call like the state school, it makes sense because obviously like, you know, and the economic sense it's better and like that's what probably our parents are thinking but meanwhile I'm over here saying like no I want to go to fashion school right Um, yeah so still explaining that to people (laughs) no I mean I think that's so incredible like I said like FIT was a dream school for me and I did choose the in-state college you know university but I knew that afterwards was gonna be my time to go and I really moved to New York to pursue that whole dream of fashion. And I hate saying this and sounding so cheesy, but I swear that I was born with like the passion for fashion ever since I was a baby. Like I would like choose my own clothes. I was really adamant about wanting to design different pieces. I would start drawing um, and wanting to make women feel good in outfits and in clothing. And I saw it really as like a piece, like a work of art and just a big, it was just a big passion of mine. So as I got older and started learning more and more about New York, I realized that that was actually the dream that or London, but then I lived in London for a little bit and I was like, this is great, but whoa, this is like so expensive. And I was like a junior in college working for a small designer. And I was like, okay, let me just do New York first and then London later. But I mean, that's really, you know, why I did it. Like I finally just should try to go live. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I bought a one-way ticket. I had no job. I literally just got an apartment with one of my best friends from college in the West Village. And we had no idea what we would be doing. Like I hadn't started my blog yet. So I was just sort of free falling. <laughs> so tell me, tell me more about that. I mean, that seems like the ideal scenario, almost like, oh, like moving in with your best friend, like, you know, having your own apartment, but tell me more about like, you know, not having a job. Did you have like a plan when you moved here? Like, did obviously you said one way ticket, but like, were you giving yourself like a timeline at least like six months Lex, and like, you know, if you don't make it, you got to move back home or you got to, you know, move somewhere else, you know, try out something new. Yeah. Um, I think what's funny about, about me is that I never, like, I am a planner when it comes to like planning a trip, but when it comes to like planning my life out, I more go with the flow and I just have this trust that everything will happen when it's supposed to and for a reason. So I bought a ticket, got this apartment. My friend didn't know what she was doing and we arrived February 2nd of 2014 and I had no plan. I was living in boxes and it was in the middle of like fashion week and I'd never been to fashion week. I'd only seen it on sex in the city and you know, on style.com where I watched the shows, but I didn't know what it looked like. So I remember I started sending out a bunch of emails to all these crazy publishers and everything to just try to get an interview, but everyone was out of office for fashion week. So I remember like calling my mom and I was like, 
well, things aren't going to plan. No one's seeing me for an interview or anything. And I don't really know what I want to do. I wanted to be a designer all my life, but then after working for a designer, I kind of realized maybe that's not where I want to start. I wanted to get my name into the industry and then maybe move on to that later on in life. So I thought doing editorial styling or working for a magazine was the way to go. Like I said, no one was seeing me and my mom was just like, why don't you just go to fashion week? And I was like, what? I don't think you can just like show up to fashion week. I was like, like from what I understand, like watching Carrie Bradshaw, like you have to like have an invitation and like be front bro and started Googling where fashion week is even. It was all held around all of town. And I just started following these schedules and I went to Best Buy in Union Square and bought a camera and got dressed up all nice, went out to the streets with all the street style photographers and just started snapping photos of women who I'd been following for a while, like Kiara Ferrani and like Miroslava Duma and Leandra and these women that like, I didn't really understand what their job was, but I knew that I loved what they wore. So I was pretty much a street style photographer for a little bit for this like few days. And then I honestly don't know what happened. I think some of the cameras turned around on me because I was wearing, I dressed pretty crazy. I was wearing some crazy outfits and then I started getting stopped by magazines thinking that I was going into the shows because, you know, like fake it till you make it sometimes, right? So I'd like stroll up to these shows acting like I belonged, but then I would just stay out there and take photos of other people. And I got interviewed by Cosmo and I got photographed by Harper's Bazaar and pretty much my photos started surfacing places for my outfits. And then Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week reached out to me and invited me to come into their VIP lounge and invited me to a few shows. I was like, I'm so confused. And people were asking me for my Instagram account and my website. And at the time, my Instagram was my name, Lex Dieck. And I had a website that was just alexandradieck.com that had my resume to send out to magazines and brands to work for. So I had to like go home and completely like redo my Instagram because it was all pictures of me like partying in college. So I was like, ah, we have to, we have to fix please, this. Please. <laughs> like, and so that's how it kind of started. And I started talking to my parents. I was like, what do we call my Instagram? And my dad is actually the one that came up with the name lexicon of style, which means like language of style to leave the doors open for more than just fashion, you know, maybe traveling style, beauty style um, all around. And that's kind of how this was all born. It, it took a different segue because I'm also a print designer and I'd been making these scarves on the side and I was going to start a blog to show on how to wear them, but then it turned into all this. And it's not like it was overnight. Like it wasn't like I went from being like this no girl, nobody from Austin, Texas to like on the cover of Hot Purse Bazaar. I mean, I wish it would have been that easy, but it was definitely like my window into what this world is and could be and a little bit of what I wanted. So I would say that's how I like got introduced into like the New York fashion industry world, became friends with other photographers and media newscasters. Very long answer to your question, but- <laughs> That is kind of how it like it all began. And then it just snowballed. And then it I realized it wasn't as easy as it looked. And it takes a lot of work to grow on this platform. I mean, definitely long answer, but I loved, you know, every minute of it. You know, I <laughs> I, I probably wrote 
in my like college essay, like my passion is fashion. Like, as you mentioned, like, I mean, this is also like 10 years ago. So I'm, I'm like, it's not out there yet. (laughs) People don't know this. (laughs) You know, it's, it's crazy to think the different stories and the different experiences that people have within just like one industry, having those different experiences that you really just have to like throw yourself into it and kind of see how it works there. And I feel like, you know, even mentioning you worked with a designer and you thought that was going to be, you know, your path. As soon as you did that, you were like, actually, let's pump the brakes. Like, let's see what, what the real world actually has to offer and, you know, kind of take it from there. I think that that's really important learning lesson because then you're like, okay, I, you know, I'm not just throwing myself into like one niche or yeah, one niche, like one area that you're like, I'm going to design. And then like, I could only do jobs like in design. Right. And I think that's the beauty of the fashion world, though. There are now so many different areas that you can work in that have to do with fashion. So I think it's important for people to stay open-minded and learn and like broaden their horizons and learn about all the different aspects of it because there really is so much that you can be involved in. And it doesn't have to be design. It doesn't have to be influencing or styling. Like You could be like a fashion like videographer which is so cool, you know, and like you capture all the behind the scenes. Everyone wants video content these days. Like you've got YouTube, Instagram reels, TikTok, everyone's trying to do that. So I think there's just so many more windows of opportunity in fashion these days. And I think that's important for people to realize. Yeah, absolutely. I would have to uh, like second that, you know, thinking back at some of the guests that we've had on the podcast, for instance, that, you know, I've also, you know, call my friends outside of the podcast that work in fashion, you know, we met at one point in our careers and it's interesting to see, you know, where we are now. You yeah. know, I'm, there are, again, different lanes that you can do, even if you're still like, oh my God, I love fashion. Like you grew up watching Sex and the City, which you probably shouldn't have, but um, <laughs> maybe like older years. In but, moderation, you know, in moderation. In moderation. <laughs> but, you know, things like that, that you were like, oh my God, like, look at those girls in New York, like, you know, killing it, like walking on the street with their like Manolos. I mean, like, and I grew up on Friends, so I thought, you know, once I moved to New York, I was going to have, like, a big, big apartment, and I was going to be, like, Rachel Green, you know, bopping around from, like, different designers and everything, but I think, you know, what's funny, I mean, I could talk about, like, Friends for forever. Like I said, how I started the blog, it sounds glamorous, it sounds awesome, and it was great. It didn't just, like, take off from there, like, after fashion week settled down like I had a hard time getting hired so I actually worked three different jobs I was a front of house like studio manager for a place called paint box which is in Soho they do nails but like the founder of it was the former editor beauty editor for Marie Claire an incredible woman and I mean the whole concept behind the nail art studio was one of the first in New York and so beautiful and it was really amazing to work for her and I learned so much about style and aesthetic and branding from her but I was working there like five days a week and then I was a stylist for like a store in Midtown doing retail and styling for private customers and then also I was a nanny from like 4 a.m because I first single mom until like 10 a.m. And then I would go to another job. And I did that for about a year and a half, two years, all while starting the blog on the side. 
So that's when I was really trying to figure out all the different aspects of fashion. I was trying to learn what it is to build a brand by working at Paintbox. I was loving the styling part, but also learning how to communicate with customers through the styling retail job. And then, I mean, I was just a nanny, but that was cool. I never was really like one with children, but this girl and I got along. She was, she was like nine. It was a good story. I mean, I was exhausted. I didn't sleep for two years, but you know, we all have to pay our dues. And I met so many incredible people along the way that have that I keep in touch with till today and who have helped me in my journey. And I hope I've been able to help them. That's what I was saying. Kind of like, I didn't have a plan. I just took what, you know, came my way and really learned from everything I did. Yeah. I mean, there's responsibility that comes with being a nanny. Like people just don't hire anybody like off the street. Like, you know, it's, it's a big job. I had read like in your, in your, you kind of do these like little questions on your blog that I really thought were, were really great ways to just get a little piece of you. I feel like it just started a conversation without yeah. even actually talking to you, <laughs> like what your favorite purchase was. And I was like, oh, I love that question. <laughs> like it gave, I was like, what's mine? It made me think of like all of the things that I've like bought that I'm like, oh, she's there on the shelf. She's my friend. Like she makes me happy. They make, they spark joy. You know, and as long as you take good care of them, they'll last you a lifetime. I think most people do have like a very memorable purchase, whether it is a luxury piece or just something that means a lot to them. And it's an investment, whether it's $20 or 200 or 2000, whatever. But I think if it brings joy to your life and, you know, it makes you happy, then it's really worth treating yourself a little bit. Obviously, right. I'm talking about a luxury purchase here. I mean, we could probably go on about that. I know. Um, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I just bought some Burberry boots, and I have literally took a whole unboxing video, and you can see how excited I am. But, like, that's the shit that brought me some joy during some really weird times right now. And I'm sorry that that's what brought me some joy, but it did, because that's a piece of art to me, and those boots are going to last me a lifetime yeah. if I take care of them. But anyways... <laughs> We'll get them resold. I've got some. We'll get them resold. <laughs> Guys, that is but, one, one special tip. If you live in New York City, you have to get your shoes resold. After the season's over, when you decide to put everything away, that's send them. And then like, you don't even have to remember it when the new season comes around. Cause that's I probably. I have to get them all resold so many times. <laughs> yeah. It's literally a necessity. And I feel like now it's, it's been super difficult with just, obviously you can't really walk around fun anymore I want to say like you know I'm still catching myself like okay or reminding myself at least I think that's the better way to put it go outside for at least you know 20 minutes or something because usually we're all you know we're everywhere we're here we're there we're doing this coffee shop we're you know eating at this restaurant and we're all over the place and now with COVID we're kind of just like you know in our houses or not really houses apartments dollars Yeah. I don't know. I'm noticing that about myself as well, that I'm finding it difficult to just go out for a walk because it's just, you know, like it's safer probably not to, do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just not such a leisure thing to leave the apartment. It's more like, cause you have to go do something. And I really want to like work on that for myself and like get up and I've gotten better about getting up and like getting dressed. And I have all these clothes and not just sitting around in my pajamas, right? And just making me feel just a little bit more productive in that way. Yeah. 
Let's actually I'm gonna talk a little bit more about that. Do you have like a morning routine that you do, for instance, that maybe it's now a little different than what it was pre-COVID? You know, we are creatures of habit, but sometimes it's your days are different and sometimes it's hard to stick to your routine. And I think it's important to know that like that's okay to have a general routine, but like if you don't abide by it every day, like your life isn't gonna end. I was in Texas for most of lockdown from March until August. My schedule looked very different there. I was living with my entire family and my baby niece. So I would like wake up at like six and like help my sister take care of her. And I mean, that was all fun and great. But now that I've been back in New York, I feel like it's, you know, back on my terms. Everything's, you know, going according to my routine. And I think I have more of a routine now than I did pre-COVID. I was one of those girls that was at every press preview, every showing, every meeting, every coffee date, every event at night. Some days I'd be like in 15 places all in one day. Just that's why I moved to New York was to really see the city and meet all these new incredible people. I used to like get up and run out the door, right? Now I get up and I make my bed, which was something like I've never done. Honestly, I just would like throw my duvet over it and throw my throw pillows and I'd run out. Now I'm like, okay, I'm going to wake up, make my bed. I drink a hot cup of water with lemon. Then once I get that all settled, I drink an oat milk latte. Now I've been putting turmeric in it because I've read turmeric helps with like inflammation and I've got some joint issues. Uh, So now I just put turmeric on everything. And then I try to get a good workout in or at least 20 minutes to 30 minutes of something, some sort of active movement, whether it's, you know, you go try to walk outside like you were saying for like 20 minutes or you do a quick workout and my day still like I've always said when you work in this influencer world your every day is different there could be days where you just don't leave your email and you're constantly on emails and there's days where like you shoot five or six campaigns in one day things are different but I've been working on my morning thing with like ice rolling my face and really trying to care for myself rather than make sure everyone else is happy, which is what I used to do. I used to focus so much on showing up for other people and I never showed up for myself. So I've really tried to give myself the morning and really not look at my phone until noon. That makes sense. I am not a morning person. Like my Mm -hmm. morning is just late morning. That's my routine was like, I would wake up and like, you know, get dressed for work, whatever. I would just have water. And then once I was at work, that's when I would like, you know, kind of set up my coffee. And I realized that if the first thing I was drinking was coffee, I was like, okay, I want more coffee. Like I wasn't feeling like energized by it. I was just like, I need more, you know, we're sleeping, we're, you know, not doing anything for how many hours. So you definitely need some kind of, you know, water in your system. I don't know if you agree with me, but like that is, it's so much harder said than done for me because like the moment I wake up, I want my coffee. I'm like, I want my latte, but I'm trying to train my brain to crave the water first and get that in and then the coffee second and drinking water throughout the day. I've never been a big water drinker and I'm during COVID, during quarantine, during lockdown, I've been really, really, really trying to like work on that. And I think people think I'm crazy, but like if I could just live off of wine and coffee, I would. <laughs> I mean, there's no objections over here, <laughs> but for the water thing, I'm actually a really big water drinker. I've always have been. And I think for now, like, I think I want to say maybe the last like two months I've tried to be better with like water coffee intake, 
because I did notice it was like, wake up, you hit the Nespresso button and you're just like, let's go. So mm. I was like, okay, now I like, it's kind of like, you have to, you do it. You'd have to train yourself. So I'm like, okay, yeah. I wake up. I'm like, finish at least a full cup of water. Um, and then like, I'll have my coffee like next to me. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'll like cool down a little bit while I'm drinking my water. Like that's how, that's what I tell myself. I'm like, it's too hot to drink right now. It's visible. So it's not like I'm not allowing myself to drink coffee and right. you know, then that will be better. But you know, the other day I had a whole French press to myself. So that's also, <laughs> you know, that oh, no, that's good advice. I mean, it's, I, I, I look up to people who literally can drink my older sister drinks, like literally water, like nobody's business. And I just need to get on that level. Like y'all, because it is so healthy. It's so good for you. It's so good for your skin and metabolism. And I'm like, it's so easy. And I don't know why I make it so hard. Yeah. <laughs> I don't keep anything else in the fridge, like, yeah. unless it's wine. And when I go back to Puerto Rico, like, obviously you can't have like tap water. Like we're very lucky here in New York about that factor. So I literally always have to like buy cases of water. Like when I go home, cause I'm like, totally 100% hear you. But yeah, I mean like those are some routines that I've been really working on. Um, but after that kind of my day to day just changes, which I like, I like that it everything like kind of keeps me on my toes. We've obviously hinted at, you know, your blog and a lot. Um, and at the same time, you actually hinted at being a print designer earlier mm -hmm. on in the episode. So can you tell me a little bit more about like when you started offering products and when yeah. you thought it was the right time to kind of introduce that? Like, did it happen cohesively? So I actually started the scarf design I do digital prints onto silk scarves. And I actually launched that before I moved to New York. And, you know, a lot of people ask me, what would you tell yourself back, you know, when you were starting to launch a business? What I've learned. I did scarf silk scarves because I wore them all the time. Like they were all inspired by my travels around the world. I would take photos of different jewels and things I would find in my travels and then put them all together on like Illustrator and Photoshop and really create a beautiful design. Like I said, so I started kind of the blog to show different ways to style a scarf. Cause you know, so many people like have so many questions on how to tie a square silk scarf. So that was like the main goal. And then my style is really what caught people's eye more so than the scarves. Um, and at, the scarves were selling well and it was fine, but it definitely wasn't immediate income or instant gratification as much as like the blog was starting to bring in. I think if I would tell myself, how many years ago is that? Oh, started them in 2013. So like seven years ago, I would have waited just to work at Paintbox, to learn about that branding, to learn about what it is to build a brand that's not just only scarves, but like that included my blog that kind of integrated them both together a little bit more. Um, I thought, you know, since I, majored in fashion design and business that I like knew everything but at 21 22 you don't know it all and I think being in the industry and living in New York and working for in so many different sectors I learned so much then and now that's when we've rebranded and we've relaunched and things have been going super well with the new prints and these new scarves but I did start it actually before the blog and I wish I would have just started the blog and then brought that on later. 
from my point of view, you can definitely tell that your blog is not just a blog. It's definitely, it has become your personal brand too. And I think that mm -hmm. you notice that by the way you mentioned your story of there was a photo of you instantly and you were like, this needs to shift completely. How are people going to find me? Like what is going to be like their first thought of me? Totally. Like, it's not easy to start your own business, like figuring out like the logistics, like the manufacturing side of it. Or again, like mentioning you were 21, 22, yeah. what the hell is going on? You like started a brand all of a sudden and then you're like, oh wait, I started a business. It's not just like, here you go guys. Exactly. And I, I, I don't think I under this, the whole concept of a influencer, even seven years ago was still so new. So I didn't understand really what that was going to turn into. I didn't understand that not only do I have to like present myself, like everything has to have, it has to be branded. And I learned that as I went along and as much as like, there was no classes, there was no social media classes. When I went to UT, we, we all like people who have been doing this for as long as I have or longer, we all taught ourselves, you know? I think that's a big part of what we do is like you roll with the punches, you learn how to pivot. You have to realize that if something's not working, you've got to change it. And I realized that with some things that I was doing wasn't working. And so I, I, I grew from those instances and here we are and I'm happy where I am right now, but there's always new things to learn. Absolutely. I think that, you know, I, I was just you know, thinking back of just what, even when I started the podcast, like it's still fairly new, like we're, you know, it's just me, it's, you know, under a year old and how I started editing audio and like, you know, starting like creating a website and, you know, kind of doing that whole branding aspect and, you know, pitching a podcast to people, you know, all these things like kind of come with it. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I never really experienced that. Like, you know, my, yeah you know, my jobs in the past have been, you know, in sales and retail. So I was like, oh, the creator aspect, you're setting the rules. You're kind of like, you know, setting the map of like, okay, this is what people are going to see. This is what people are going to hear. When you work for, you know, a company, you're portraying their image. You're portraying their mission, coming to the realization that like, oh my God, I'm, I'm actually learning all these new things. And it's, it's great. Totally. I mean, it's, like, like you even just said, it's just all about learning your new skills that you might have that you didn't know you do, which is cool that like, this is what's happening. But I think, I don't know if you're like on TikTok, but I am. And I'm like, so into this like psycho world of TikTok, but like Gen Z is like, they're on another level. I'm like, I'm learning from these people. And I think that's important also as like we get older like I'm a millennial, I'm about to be 30 in March. I, you have to realize that sometimes the younger people, they know what's up and they know what's working for the generation, for that generation and for older people. And like, they know what works and I've learned a lot from them. Yeah. It's, it's almost like when you want to hire a team, you hire people that like know Are what you than don't, you. yeah, and know what, mm -hmm. like you don't know, like, you know, it, it's different because then they can, you know, really expand in a side of your business that, you know, you never thought you could achieve because you're like, okay, that's not my strong suit. And I think that's also really important as you get older to, to know that you don't have to be like, you know, a Jane of all trades. Like you can, if you want, that's great. But at the same time, I think it's better for your mental health not to take on 
so many things. I agree with you. And I mean, I have an assistant who's incredible, um, but she is younger than I am. She is 24, 24, I think, maybe even younger. She might be 23. She seems like my age, but she is younger and she is, she does know this like marketing, branding, aesthetic energy. And she's been, you know, she's been a part of the whole rebrand during COVID and super helpful. And so like back to what you were saying is hiring people that just might be a little bit more knowledgeable in areas that you aren't is so important. I think another good example is Brittany Xavier. I mean, like she's like 32, I want to say beautiful and incredible content creator, influencer, but she does have a daughter who is Gen Z. And I mean, this woman kills it on TikTok and I'm not owing it. I'm not saying it's like just because she has a daughter that like can fill her in. But I mean, I'm sure that her daughter is like, mom, like this is a good idea. You know, I mean like, and I love their dynamic. Like I love what I've loved watch. I've been following her for years. I've loved watching her style evolve into what it is. I've loved seeing her bring her child into it. Her child, her like teenager now. (laughs) Um, But like, I think she's such a good example of like, she was like, look, TikTok is a great platform and I've got a daughter who's like in this world. Let's work together to build, you know, Brittany Xavier on this as well. Yeah, no, I, I it's funny because they definitely have like a really good family dynamic. I think even mm-hmm. including her husband, because uh, you know, he was the photographer, videographer. She was one of like the first ones like on TikTok, I think for as an influencer. To- yeah. And I think what I really liked about her is that, like, I found out so much about her because she started TikTok. I feel like I know Brittany and she's hilarious and I, like, know her husband and her daughter and I feel so creepy. She, you know, put herself through college with a child and was going to be, like, a lawyer and look at where she is now. And it's just really inspiring to see. And I think just, like, really, like, awesome that she incorporates her family into what she does but like in a very positive way you know it doesn't seem like she's like making them do it they're just like genuinely are all having like the best time <laughs> yeah she's not like a momager in any sense yes it's not, that's, that's what I'm, i think that's what i that's was not what's for. happening there yeah as i visited your blog and that was really my like my true like reaction that i you know went to your about page and i was like oh i instantly can connect with her like it, it felt so, it didn't feel staged or like stuffy. Like I loved that. I can probably name everything on your about page probably because I'm like a weirdo like that. But oh, it was like, so you were like, oh, my favorite purchase is my Gucci fanny pack. And you were like, yes. oh, a, a movie I can recite, The Emperor's New Groove. And I was like, oh my God, hello. <laughs> I was like, I love this answer. Way to throw a curveball into this whole like biography here. <laughs> I know. I worked with my web designer and we were like, what's the fun way to like make this? Cause I read the about means and I'm like, these are boring. I'm like, I might as well just tell people like, I'm a weirdo, but like I, I can dress pretty well. Uh, you know, and I, I love, I love being myself in front of everyone. I think that's what also separate, like separates me a little bit. But I mean, yeah, like in person groove is definitely like know every word to that movie. <laughs> it, it was like really just, you know, eye catching right away. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like I can, oh, I can, I can get to, to know this girl. Oh my God. I love that. Thank you so much. That means so much to me. I'm really happy we can relate on in person groove. <laughs> if you haven't watched it, you're missing out. 
I'm missing out. It's the best movie ever. Go right? watch it. Is it Disney? Maybe it's on Disney Plus. I think it is Disney. I mean, yeah, it is. Def- and like it definitely Disney, is Disney. Or, or, or DreamWorks. That's, it's, that's how it's I feel. It's Disney and it's David Spade and it's just the best. <laughs> it's like, I watch it probably once a month. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to, you know, get into my all about New York segment. There's so much to talk about overall. Mm. But I would love to just get kind of like your favorite, whether pre-COVID, during COVID or, you know, whatever, what some of like your, like what your top two, top three restaurants are in New York and some of the things that you like love and hate about New York City. Cool. Yeah. I've been traveling, doing a lot of travel blogging over the past six, seven years, but I left New York for six months. When I got back and like things started opening back up and I've gone, you know, to the safely outdoor dining going back into Soho going to that I genuinely missed people watching and street style not like blogger street style seriously just the women the men walking around the street and seeing what people are wearing I like forgot how much inspiration I took from just the people of New York City so that was really really fun to be reunited with that so I guess if we're going to talk about dining my two favorite restaurants are Pecora Bianca. Have you ever been? No, I haven't. It's just the best pasta. Best pasta you'll ever have. And then a new favorite of mine is a Greek restaurant, also in Flatiron, called Kima. Beautiful Greek restaurant in Flatiron. I think it's on 18th. And they have this whole setup outside with, like, wisteria flowers hanging down. Um, the chef there is great. He was, like, on top chef. And let me tell you, it's just the food is so good and the it's like a party restaurant like they literally like throw around napkins because they're greek by the end of the night mm-hmm. on the weekends mm-hmm. and it's just it kind of makes you feel like i don't know an escape from reality which i really liked about it it's um they're there to have a good time which is really cool it's like what you love and what you hate about new york so what i don't like about new york i mean like yeah, like a lot of places, like a lot of street places smell bad. I mean, when you're walking by and like, I was walking through Gramercy Park earlier and I was like taking in all the leaves and like looking how beautiful it was. And then I like just got this terrible whiff of just like garbage. And I was like, ugh, I do not miss this. And I don't like all the sirens and everything going by and outdoor eating. is It's great until you get like attacked by a homeless man, which is what happened to me one time. I was like, damn it, you know, it's just, I'm just trying to have a mimosa it's Sunday. <laughs> and this like homeless man came and like started pulling out all the planters of the restaurant. And like my sister and I had to like run inside. Like I'm probably scaring people, but these are just things that I don't necessarily like about New York, but it also makes New York what it is. It, and there's small minor things that are just like a small blip on the radar. Like they don't, they don't really affect me, you know, all the pros, which is like, the people, the atmosphere. I think New York right now is so united and you feel that it it really shines over anything that I might not like so much about it. I I think that united is a pretty good word right now. I, Mm -hmm. you know, especially with, obviously it's been super challenging with outdoor dining and just everything in general, like, you know, small businesses here. And you're obviously seeing like more of that, like with COVID, I think let's be honest, like people were not shopping small before COVID. Like I don't want anyone to bullshit me and say like, yeah, I was buying from the local shop. No, you weren't. You were buying from Amazon. (laughs) 
which we've all been there and done that. Um, but just be upfront with it. And I think that now it's just like the little things definitely matter. Like, you know, there's a lot of places that are like struggling. Like I I recently saw on Instagram, someone like reposted like the Strand bookstore because they were like, hey guys, like we really need the help. They're like, we really need the help. And then like everyone probably that I follow that like lives in New York, or at least like my close friends that like I follow on Instagram posted that. And I was like, great, like everyone's on the same page. You know, you have to just like remind yourself. And obviously, yes, like, you know, we're all still trying to be safe it's a difficult time. So, you know, whether you can go out or you choose to go, or even look, if you want to do delivery, you want to do takeout, totally fine. But, you know, still be okay with that. Like you don't, yeah, you know, you don't have to like sit on the sidewalk or anything. And like, you know, not all places are going to have a great sidewalk. So mm-hmm. I think we all just like need to be super mindful about that. And like, you know, make sure that we're like helping out the places that like need it the most. I completely agree with you. I think it's, I think that's such a good point. And like, I understand we're all trying to like, you know, save money, but like, it's good to go out and support these local restaurants. Like they, they got hurt bad and everyone's trying to make it as safe as possible. So it's good to go out and support them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Lex, I would just love to like round off the podcast by asking you if you have like any last minute advice that you would like to share with the audience on honestly anything. Yeah. I mean, My biggest advice is if like you want to go into this content creation blogging world is to start immediately, whether it's like you're writing on a blog post or you start an Instagram account. Like when you do it, pick a lane, you know, find your niche and do something that separates yourself from everyone else that's doing it. Because yes, while there's room for everyone to blog, create, et cetera it is a very saturated market now and there are so many people doing it and you have to just figure out just one little trait of yours that makes you just a little bit different from everyone else. And also to really show, show a bit of that personality as cool as it is to just be an aesthetic. I think it's important for people to also be relatable to you. So I think in terms of blogging and that world, that's very important. And as hard as this is, and I trust me, I deal with it mentally on a day-to-day basis is being on every platform nearly possible. It's hard. I, I, I don't, I don't do it as well as I wish I could, but try to spread your brand on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, your blog, website, try to like get on everything. Cause the more people you reach, you're, you're reaching different audience everywhere. It's very unlikely that the same people who are following you on TikTok or your exact same followers from Instagram, of course, they're overlapping, but it's not going to be all the same. So that's another big suggestion. If you haven't moved to New York and you want to, you're thinking about it, right now's the time. It's not dead. It's not a ghost town. Rent is very low right now. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of apartments opened. So follow some of these realtors on TikTok. I look at their stuff every day and come just have a look for yourself. New York is happening. If you're single, you know, the dating life is definitely interesting right now, but it always makes it just a little bit more exciting. Get to know people on a different level because you're not just going to a bar to like drink a bunch of drinks. Like you kind of have to go do stuff. You can go have a drink, go to the park and kind of do something a little bit more active rather than just sitting and bullshitting with someone, you know, over some margaritas. I really think if someone's had like had the dream to move, I think right now is the time, which is weird that it's in the middle of the pandemic, but 
New York's safer than a lot of other states right now and cheaper and available. Yeah, no, definitely. If you are thinking of moving here, we're always here to help. We want you to connect with us and, you know, send us your questions, send us your concerns or whatever you're thinking right now. I think that that's, you know, important to connect with like people that are actually relatable. As you mentioned, resources like podcasts and Instagram and social media are, are great ways to just like, you know, send people messages and don't be creepy, obviously, but just, you know, if you have questions, like, you know, slide into those DMs, you know, someone will, you know, they'll reach out to you. They'll, they're going to, you know, they want to connect with their, like, especially we've been talking about this in this entire episode. You Mm want to connect with your audience. You have a community. You want to make sure that you stay authentic. So I'm sure that if you're going to be like, oh my God, what other advice do these girls have for me? You can make sure that we're going to, you know, let you know what's happening. Absolutely. I I get questions daily about where to go, where to shop, where to stay, what to do, what to eat, especially during COVID. And those are like my favorite kinds of DMs. Like I love giving advice and like we were saying, supporting the businesses in New York that need our help. And there's also a lot of cool things you can do. Like that, I went on like a jacuzzi boat around the Hudson (laughs) River and it was the most fun night of my life. And it was very socially like distanced. It was a private boat. They follow all the CDC guidelines and you go with like a few of your friends for like an hour and a half, watch the sunset over the Statue of Liberty and can see the city from this boat. And it's actually called See the City, S-E-A, See the City. And you can go like fly a helicopter. I mean, I know these are all things that sound crazy, but everything's on sale right now. And there are these local New York businesses that really need us to suggest their businesses to others who are maybe visiting or moving here or just looking for something to do that they just might not know about. Yeah, absolutely. That's what makes New York so great. It's always a word of mouth moment. That is absolutely, I think, the thing that keeps on going. So Lex, thanks again for for giving me some of your time today. If you haven't caught on by now, please let me know any of the official links that people can find you on. Obviously, you're on every social media platform, (laughs) but what is the exact way that they can find you? And we'll make sure to link it down below in the show notes. Perfect. Yeah. My handle across the board on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter is at lexicon of style. And then you can also go to my blog where I write a little bit more in depth about personal things and beauty, skincare, etc. It's lexicon of style.co, not com.co. And on there, you can also find my scarf collection, my shop, Awesome. So everything will be linked in the show notes and you could also find her on the blog post that is going to be on the website detailing everything about this episode. So we'll see you next week. And thank you so much, Lex, for coming on. Oh my God. Thank you. I just had so much fun. As always, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. For podcast updates and more information on our guests, visit our website, realisticallywithliz.com. Don't forget to rate and review on your preferred podcast platforms, and we'll see you next week with a new episode.